What is the Presidential Ambassador Program? Why is time management essential to being successful? How does being actively involved in your undergrad student government help prepare you for medical school? And why is it important to be able to talk about your experiences and what you've learned? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life, I interview Madison, a first-year medical student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. Got a great guest today, Madison. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm so glad you're here uh, because you're an incoming medical student. Yes, and I'm so excited. All right, let's unpack this. Okay, so since you got into medical school... Um, people are probably coming up to you say like, how'd you do it? What's your secret? Uh, what tips do you have? So let's start in the beginning. At what point did you decide to go to medical school? When, when did you know you wanted to be a doctor? So I've been thinking about this for a very long time. I think the first time that I really decided I wanted to be a doctor was in the third grade. Okay. We got a booklet of careers mm-hmm. and there were all sorts of different careers like banker, lifeguard. I think there was a clown in there, which is kind of funny Mm -hmm. um and then i turned the next page and there it said doctor and it was a picture of a woman and she had a tongue depressor and she was examining a child and i looked at that and i was like wow i want to do that so Mm -hmm. i remember my dad picked me up from school that day i got in the car and i said dad i want to be a doctor and he said that's great like your pediatrician dr hurley and i was like yeah i love him so from then on i wanted to be a doctor Mm -hmm. so every time i went to my pediatrician when i had strep throat i was always asking him about medical school why he decided to do pediatrics and from then on moving forward that was my goal okay awesome so did you grow up in utah yes grew up in salt lake city and then you decided to go to the u yes how'd you come to that decision so um I um I did I went to Skyline High School. Mm-hmm. I did the IB program. Go Eagles. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. I love Skyline High School. And um I had applied to some Ivy League schools and I had actually been accepted to one of them. And so for a while I was trying to decide between UPenn and the University of Utah. Mm-hmm. And I could not make up my mind. I was like UPenn would be an incredible opportunity. Philly cheesesteaks. Yes, seriously. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia love, everything like that. But I don't know, I was just always drawn to Utah. Mm-hmm. I grew up here. I love this medical school. I loved the program I was thinking of going into, which was bioengineering. And I just felt like it was right. Okay. And I could live on campus. I could be in the honors college. And so I decided ultimately to go to the University of Utah. And I don't regret it ever. There's a lot to unpack there. So yes. honors college, what is that? And did you live so, in a dorm just with honors students? Or? Yeah. Okay. So um, the honors college um, is a, a college within the University of Utah. Um, it's not a necessarily like a specific college that houses like engineering or biology or things like that, but they connect with those colleges so you can do sort of an honors track. Mm-hmm. And part of that honors track is doing a thesis. So you get to actually do research in your field of your undergraduate major. And you get to take courses with uh, like-minded students, people who want to engage in the community, people who um, are really, really dedicated to learning, and people who have perspectives from all different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And that's what I liked about the Honors College. And is this, uh, is this the building they built right by the Student Life Center, by the tracks? Yes. Okay. Yes, so it is. Brand I was, new state of the Yes. Okay. So when I started, um, the Honors dorms were still in Sage Point, which is one of the dorms on campus. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was one of the first students to live in the Honors dorms. And that was a really 
beautiful building. There are classrooms in there and um, had great roommates. We'd mm-hmm. have late night studying. It was a great place to sort of connect with people, study, and be on campus. Okay, awesome. And so what kind of activities did you do during your undergrad career that prepared you for your application, prepared you to go to medical school? Um, so the, I would say that almost every experience I did as an undergraduate um, sort of prepared me for going to medical school. Um, the first student group I joined was as a freshman. Um, I decided I wanted to join a sorority, mm-hmm. which I never thought I would do. Did you rush? Yes, I rushed. Okay. I rushed, and it was it was such a fun experience for me because um, I decided to join Chi Omega. Why Chi Omega? Um, this is going to sound really funny, but it's like – it's sort of like picking a specialty of medicine. Like mm. you sort of, you find your people. Okay. And I felt like when I walked into the Chi Omega house, the, the women were a lot like I was. Mm-hmm. They were, they were dedicated. Um, they, they were devoted to school. They were a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I connected with them really, really well. Okay. And so I decided to join Chi Omega. And also they have a really great philanthropy and their philanthropy is the Make a Wish Foundation. Okay. And that really resonated with me of being able to, raise money for that incredible organization. Very so those cool. were the reasons why I picked it. So Chi Omega, were you able to rush during your freshman year? Yes. Okay. Uh, any hazing? No. Okay. No. They if do you... not. They have a very strict okay. no hazing policy. But if you did get hazed, you probably couldn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I wouldn't be afraid to talk about it, but I can honestly okay. say All I right. did not get hazed. Because that's kind of in the news now. And there's a lot yes. of bad stuff going on. There is on a now. lot of bad stuff going yeah. on, but I can honestly say okay. that I did not get hazed okay. in Chi Omega at okay. all. All right. Totally different experience than I think from fraternities versus sororities, mm-hmm. although most of the fraternities, all of the fraternities on the University of Utah campus have a no hazing policy. I know there's always, it hasn't been in the news recently, but there's kind of a tense relationship between Greek Row and the Federal Heights neighborhood. Yeah. I think it's calmed down. I think like, they're at peace. Right? I feel like they have done okay. a lot to really connect. I remember they would have breakfasts or barbecues or mm-hmm. events with the people who lived in that area mm-hmm. just to sort of connect with them and be able to develop really good relations with them. So I think we really worked hard to make sure that they liked us mm-hmm. and we really liked them because we understand that there is a Greek row mm-hmm. right by their, their home, but yeah, it's and also Heights is a very nice and Federal Heights is a beautiful neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so being able to sort of share that space with them. And I feel like we've gotten to a really good place with them. Good, good. All right. So you're in Chi Omega, you're living the life, living yes, the dream. loving it. Okay. It's been so much and fun. You were there for, Three years? Four years. Four years. So you do it through your entire undergrad, basically. And you do it for four years. Mm -hmm. Um, What I really liked about it was it connected me with girls I would not have otherwise been friends with, which I think is really exciting going to the University of Utah. A lot of kids are from Utah. Yeah, it's kind of – it's interesting because what I know is like a lot of people drive to school. It's known as a commuter school, but the U is really trying to build up. Dorm life, Greek life. Exactly. And I feel like uh, Greek life does a really good job of sort of getting you out of maybe you had really great friends in high school. But when you go to college, you want to be friends with – you want to meet new people. You Mm want to meet – you want to get new friends. And so I felt like Kyle Mega did that for me. It gave me a group of really great new friends, people that supported me, people that studied with me. Um, it's, uh, a lot of them I'm still really great friends with. A lot of them are now, um, nurses or they're applying to medical school themselves. And so it's really fun to be able to connect with them and stay friends with them through the entire life. Because they Mm. say that you're in, you're in your sorority for life. You may have the experience for four years, but these relationships last a lifetime. So Make-A-Wish Foundation, 
what did you what what is that? What did you do for them? So the Make a Wish Foundation, um, basically, what they do, they're the most amazing organization. They um, help. They give uh, children who have been diagnosed with a very uh, chronic illness, oftentimes terminal, some terminal yeah. Yeah. cancer, um, really really difficult um, illnesses, and it's sort of they have an opportunity to sort of make a wish of something they would like to do. Like maybe they want to have a masquerade ball Mm -hmm. or maybe they want to go to Disney world or maybe they want to meet their favorite football player. And so what they do is they raise funds for it and they find a way to connect this child to whatever their wish is. Mm -hmm. And so during my time we were able to grant some wishes for kids. We were able to raise money for them to be able to go to Disney world with their family um, cool. one, one group, actually, there was a girl who was a very, very diehard, um, football fan, the Green Bay Packers, and mm-hmm. they got her a day to spend with the team. She got to go to practice. She got to eat lunch with the team. Their quarterback gave her uh, the sideline hat. Go Packers. He wore, yeah. yes. And it was just, it was really incredible because you see what a difference it makes in these kids' lives, even if it's just a day or mm-hmm. a trip. It just you can just see the look on their faces, the the before and after pictures. It just really it gives them a lot of hope during a time that's really trying for their family and for themselves. Excellent. Um, okay, um, so you're at the U, Chi Omega Make a Wish Foundation. What other kind of activities did you engage in? Um, so I joined uh, the student alumni board, which mm-hmm. is in the alumni association. Um, I got to work with a really amazing advisor. His name's John Fackler, mm-hmm. and he they call they call him the father of the mus. Mm-hmm. And we got to do a lot of really amazing things on campus. We we have an annual food drive that we do around Thanksgiving. Um, it used to be the rivalry food drive where we would compete with BYU in raising funds mm-hmm. and collecting food. Um, now they've sort of moved away from that because. We actually ended up beating them for many, many years, and I think they got tired of it. Mm-hmm. So now we just do a University of Utah food drive, and we are able to raise like thousands of pounds of food, thousands and thousands of dollars to the Utah Food Bank. Cool. Um, we also have the opportunity to um, work with the MUS, which is the student section during football games, basketball games, all the sporting events, mm-hmm. and um, really being able to connect to campus and sort of make – Make your time here on campus a really unique experience. Like I talked about before, um, this is a commuter campus. There are a lot of kids who don't necessarily live in the dorms, even though that's changing. Um, Being able to give them a home on -hmm. campus and being able to give them an experience of attending a university where they feel like they have a space on campus. And I feel like Student Alumni Board did that for me. Awesome. Um, And then I I get the sense you got more and more involved, and I think you started to have Political aspirations. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So um, I never like, – I thought that student government was always a really fun opportunity, and I mm-hmm. thought that would be a really exciting thing to do. But I never anticipated that I would be the student body vice president at the U. And um, I got my start in student government. It was about um, my junior year. I had some friends who were running for president and vice president, Mm -hmm. and they needed some people to run with their party. So the way it works at the University of Utah is you sort of – you develop a party. Mm -hmm. And it's not like Republicans, Democrats. You make like a name for yourself. Mm -hmm. So the party I ran with was called the Peak Party. 
Does it have a platform? Yes. Okay. So they basically they have a platform of things they like to do, like climbing peaks, like peak. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Peak, like okay. the yeah, peak. Okay. Their logo was a mountain. You it was hate really valleys, cool. <laughs> lakes. Yes. Bad. Yes. All of it bad. <laughs> okay. Yes. So they they have like some catchy name, okay. and then they have things they want to do, like mm. they want to help get more people involved on campus. All right. They want to help connect people to career services, or they want to. They want to. Um, they they had a lot of different things they wanted to do, and um, they also collect people to be part of the Senate and mm-hmm. the Assembly of Student Government. And those are the two uh, groups that allow students to get funding to mm-hmm. do to go on um, to travel on to conferences to mm-hmm. do big parties and events or to. Um, there's funds there, and the yes. funds have to be used appropriately. Exactly, but they're always trying to figure out ways to use the funds appropriately correct exactly yeah. Yeah. and so that's what the senate and the assembly so i know did. the medical school has a bunch of student groups that yes. can submit uh, receipts and get reimbursed for exactly. certain activities and there's always kind of this feeling like well there's just all this money there yes and and we just need the right forms to be filled out and people just need to turn the receipts and it's astonishing <laughs> how many people don't do that so, yes it know, is yeah. it is amazing how yeah. many of the funds go unused yeah and so that um so i got to be on the assembly as a representative for the college of engineering mm-hmm. And that was sort of where I got my start. And so um, I did that for three or four months. And then um, during the school year, I got approached uh, by two of my really great guy friends who said, hey, we want to run for president, vice president. We want to make a ticket. Do you want to be part of it? And I was like, wow. Uh, I I was really humbled that they Mm -hmm. would approach me. Um, And at the same time, I was like, whoa, like – I don't know. What should I do? Should I do this? Should I not do it? Um, And I just decided that I wanted to do it because Mm -hmm. I thought it was a unique experience because historically not a lot of pre-med engineering people run for student government. Mm -hmm. So I thought this would be a really great opportunity to get a new voice in student government. So did you kind of talk amongst your friends about who would be president versus vice president? How did you wind up on the vice president? So originally – I was actually going to be uh, the senior class president. Okay. And that was – there were two guys, and they, one of them wanted to be president. The other one to be a vice president. They said, will you be our senior class? Um, one of the, the guys, he had some challenges with his family. Mm-hmm. His father got really sick and diagnosed with cancer, and he just said, I don't think this is the time for me to do this. Mm-hmm. And so he ended up being our campaign manager, and then, they, and then um, my friend Justin said, okay, Madison, do you want to be president or do you want to be vice president? And I decided, oh, that's a very key moment. yes, yeah. which I was like, wow. And I decided I wanted to be the vice president because I liked the roles of the vice president. Okay. I got to work with the assembly mm-hmm. and funding student groups. I got to be on a lot of university committees and work with administrators. Um, I had the opportunity to really um, do a lot of things like go to the legislature and um, and advocate for our school as a whole and represent the university at um, donor events okay. and things like that. And so I decided I wanted to be the vice president for those reasons. So I think the hard part is, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the student body at the University of Utah is like, what, 35, 40,000 undergraduates? Yes. And I know because, like, I go down to main campus a fair amount. I walk around. I give lectures. I give talks. I mm-hmm. do my thing. And I always notice that during, like, this election season time, there's, like, people out there with, like, free pizza. And they're just, like – Almost begging people to vote, <laughs> right? So the student body of thirty-five to forty thousand, yes. and I think it's your guys are 
you know, people are lucky to get 10% of the student body yeah. that actually votes. Very lucky yeah. if it's 10%. So is that kind of like the biggest kind of hurdle? Yes. Okay. Yes. So f- what are some of your strategies? Like how, how do you – is it the pizza or what is it? So, so um, they changed the rules okay. my year okay. that you couldn't provide incentives. Okay. Like you, we couldn't hand out pizza. We couldn't hand out food or pizza or any of any kind. Okay. We could hand out swag. So we did T-shirts and sunglasses because we called ourselves the Vision Party. Mm-hmm. So we had a vision for what we thought the campus should be. I thought you were the be. Peak Party. That was before. Oh. That, this, that, that was you got peak rebranded. Party was my first time doing student government. Okay. Vision Party was when I ran myself as on the ticket for student body vice president. Thanks for clarifying that. Okay. Um, so basically, uh, they changed the ruling. So the student government itself, ASUU, mm-hmm. would provide pizza if kids showed that they voted. But the parties themselves couldn't provide any pizza. Uh, so that made it a little bit harder to get kids to vote. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my strategies were approaching people that didn't necessarily vote. And a lot of that was the pre-med crowd, the people mm-hmm. that were in um, Mark Nielsen's anatomy class, mm-hmm. the people who were in engineering, who were there for a different purpose besides being in student government. Okay. And approaching them and sort of telling them what I was planning on doing and how I could represent them and getting them to vote that way. So I would say I approached a new group of students that mm-hmm. maybe didn't, didn't historically get engaged with student government elections. So I think your year, because again, I just, you know, I go down to main campus, I see the student newspaper, and it, I just remember your year, it was just like talking about some hijinks. So, yes. so what happened? What was this scandal? <laughs> Looking back, what'd you learn from this? Oh my gosh. Yeah, there were, there were a lot of things that happened. So um, there was a big conflict, um, a party that we ran against. Um, he had been planning his campaign for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And he, um, he was accused of recruiting some students beforehand, before the, the necessary time that you could recruit students because they have – You couldn't recruit students before yes. a certain time of day. Yes. Okay. You had some guidelines of, okay, you can start telling people to vote for you after this day. So it kind you of penalizes see. people who've been thinking about it for a long time. Yes. Okay. So it's hard. To reward spontaneity. <laughs> yes. And our party <laughs> was very spontaneous. Okay. So it was like, wow, we mm-hmm. we were so excited that we won after mm-hmm. all that we went through. But getting to what we went through. Mm-hmm. So um, we got a lot of... Uh, grievances mm-hmm. and grievances are basically like somebody reports to the elections registrar that you you, you were giving out pizza yes you're yeah. giving out pizza you were campaigning at a time you weren't supposed to you left a table out in a certain area that this sounds so petty it just it was petty it was so petty mm-hmm. and so we were getting a lot of grievances and some of them were things that people in our party did there were people in our campaign who um, sent messages that they probably shouldn't have sent to people. Mm-hmm. Or there were people that were making announcements in classrooms that they couldn't be doing that. Or one time it was really, we couldn't figure out what happened. And so I kind of have a conspiracy theory, <laughs> but there was a table with our poster on it that was just left out in some random place on campus that our group had never been to before. And we got penalized for that. So I'm convinced that somebody... What kind of penalties would they give you? <laughs> that you would have restrictions of when you could table. Um, so basically part of running a campaign is getting your name out there. Mm-hmm. And so you'll see, like you said, there are all these kids in Library Plaza on lower campus mm-hmm. that are trying to get their name out there and say, vote for us, vote for the Vision Party. So they would restrict the times that we could uh, be tabling. Or okay. we couldn't make classroom announcements from 
from 9 to noon on Thursday of this week. And so there were just a lot of things like that, a lot of petty things that were really stressful. And then and, – and, and this- common year after year or is it just extremely bad the year that this all went down you know it is pretty common Mm -hmm. i would say the last few years probably haven't been quite as intense Mm -hmm. as as our year was but um it but historically there's all there are always things that happen like this in our year a party actually got disqualified and then requalified wow and so that was there was a did like attorneys get involved Yes, okay. we, the student government has an attorney that represents them. They have a okay. prosecutor. There was a case. There was a Supreme Court. I had to like citation, I, or, did, or did they go to the Utah Supreme Court? No, okay. it went. The student government has a Supreme Court. Oh, and there oh, was okay, a big see. like three hour hearing. Do they wear robes? Oh, they did not wear robes, okay. but they should get robes. I'm going to recommend that or to wigs. somebody. Okay. Robes and wigs. Okay, we're going down the rabbit hole. So All anyway, right. we're going down a. Okay. Yeah, we are, but. It, Bottom line was, mm-hmm. it was intense. It sounds very intense. And I didn't expect that intensity, but I learned so much. And looking back at the time, I was like, why did I do this? But looking back on it now, I'm so glad I did because I learned so much. So how do you have time for all of this, Madison? How do you have time to study, you know, the MCAT, get rid- you know, applying to med school and doing all the student government stuff and then make a wish and then the Chi Omega sisters, they're, they're one time. So how did you do this? How'd you balance it? You know, um, time management is a really valuable skill. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend to anyone listening to this podcast, whether you're uh, just starting out as a freshman or whether you're about to graduate, really evaluate and keep reevaluating yourself and how you manage your time. And I feel like that was really critical to me because there were days when I did a really great job and there were days that weren't as good. And I found that on the days where I was really good, I was making a schedule. And I would really – I had this big uh, planner that had days blocked out where I would block and say, okay, from 9 to noon, I'm going to study for this class. And then from noon to 2, I need to go table mm-hmm. for my party. And then from two to four, I'd be in class and just block out your time. And I found that that was really helpful Mm -hmm. and stick to that schedule. So even though if you were studying from nine to noon, but your friend texts you and says, hey, let's go get breakfast or hey, come and table with us early. You you have to be able to say, "Okay, no, I need to study and really stick to a schedule. And that helped me a lot. I think that skill will serve you well in medical school because you also need to really study and kind of balance all these different like demands on your time as well. Definitely. So. And then I would also say using uh, using your weekends very, very well. Mm-hmm. And making sure even though Saturday or Sunday you might want to go skiing or you might want to go for a hike or you might want to um, go to a movie with your friends, make sure that you have blocked out time for your studies mm-hmm. and then balance that with having fun. And Because even though I had a lot going on, I was studying all the time. <laughs> probably was I probably should have been getting a little more sleep, but I still made time for my family. I still made time for my friends. So managing your time well and then maintaining a balance. Mm-hmm. And then also I would say don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, a lot of professors on campus, they've seen these elections going on. They can see how stressful they are. Even if you're not doing student government, they can see that you, you might be working. Mm-hmm. You might be volunteering like extensively for an organization. They get it. And so being able to talk to them and say, hey, um, I missed class this day or 
or, hey, I don't really understand this concept very well. Could I get some help? And being able to ask for help. And I feel like that was something that was probably one of the most valuable skills I learned, that it's okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. You're, you can't do this on your own. Correct. <laughs> you can't. So don't be afraid to ask for help. So I would say time management, don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, Mass, this is fantastic advice. I think anyone listening to this would take it to heart and really help them. All right, a few more things that we need to get to. Presidential ambassador. Yes. Tell me about this program. That was an amazing program. And that, I mean, I had so many things that I loved being on campus, but this mm-hmm. was probably... And we're talking ambassador to the president of the university. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. That was probably one of the most incredible experiences. So it was a great program. Mm-hmm. There were about 10 of us from all across campus. Highly selective, competitive process. Yes. Very competitive process. The interview was in uh, the president's conference room. Mm-hmm. There were probably 12 administrators there. You sat at the head of the table and they would all just ask you questions. Just about... throwing grenades. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it was... Um... More stressful that or a medical school interview? Um. I would say that just because of, I know, medical school interviews no, no, are I, stressful, but... I know, but I medical schools say, usually don't do group interviews like that. Exactly. Yeah. It's, there, it's, it's pretty stressful, too. There weren't 10 yeah. doctors in the room yeah. asking me questions. Throwing big grenades. Yes. So I would say that was probably a more stressful process. But the way it worked was we would attend um, big events for the university with the president mm-hmm. and... We would work the events. We would help donors. We would talk to different people about the university, our experiences. Uh, and so, so basically... You were the student, the student voices, the student We were the student perspective okay. at the big events. Okay. And it was really amazing because you would have to work the events. Like they would have us handing out name tags or hanging up coats or things like that. But that was only for like 30 to 45 minutes. Hmm. Then you had two and a half hours of being at a table... Working the crowd. Working the crowd. Rubbing elbows. Rubbing elbows, rubbing shoulders with um, top people like the Eccles family and Mm -hmm. um, uh, Gail Miller. The Huntsmans. The Huntsmans. Let's throw that out there. Yes. Yes. So many people. I got to the opportunity to meet so many people, Mm -hmm. talk with them, deans of colleges, and really prominent uh, leaders in the community, and being able to talk to them about how great the university has been for me. And being able to talk to them about their careers, get advice from them. I actually got an internship from one of the events. I I worked at BioFire Diagnostics mm. for a summer as an engineering intern. And actually, the CEO of the company was at an event, and he gave me his card and said, Hey, give me a call. We'd love to have you come work for our company. And so it was a really great opportunity to meet people. And then also learn about how a university functions. Because a lot of times um, on our campus, we have the park building. It is this beautiful building. Students don't go in there, and they don't know what's going on in there. A lot of big things are going on. <laughs> and a lot of big things I, are I going on in there. I can tell you that from my perspective. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and did you, be- did you have an office in that building? Uh, no, I okay. did not. We just had meetings in that building. Okay. When I was in student government, I had a, an office in the union building. Mm-hmm. But as a presidential ambassador, we would just meet there, and that was our space for meeting there. So basically, what I learned was that the university administrators. They're not scary people. Mm -hmm. They are really incredible people, and they want student voices, which is amazing Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of times in, like, the social network, the university administrators are portrayed as these people that are just concerned about the money. Mm -hmm. They they don't care. They want to make sure their university is running well. They don't care what's going on. I I think President Pershing would love to have you invent something like Facebook. I think that would make him very (laughs) happy. I'm sure that would make him incredibly (laughs) proud. But I can honestly say – President Pershing, mm-hmm. Ruth Watkins, uh, Barb Snyder, key administrators on our campus, 
They really care about the student voices, and that's what I learned. And so I did the presidential ambassadorship before I was in student government. Mm -hmm. So that was key for me to developing relationships with administrators Mm -hmm. and at the same time also learning how administration works. This is great. I'm having you on, Madison, because I've I've seen – you know we've had other presidential ambassadors come through our med school. And just the words presidential ambassadors, I just had this image of – you know, 10 to 12 of you sitting in the bullpen and then President Pershing says, hey, let's go to this meeting together, you know, <laughs> uh, or like, I don't know. He says like, oh, can one of you run down and get me some pie pizza? You know, okay. <laughs> so I'm glad yes. you're providing this image. Yes, of, of, of totally different do. experience than what you would expect. But if President Pershing did ask you guys to go get a pie pizza. Oh, you guys totally. Would okay, I would right. be so, – if, okay. if President Pershing called me and asked me for a pizza, I'd bring him a pizza. Because <laughs> like just the name, Presidential Ambassador. <laughs> I just thought you guys were kind of like the little helpers of yes. the president. It's so. also funny that you say that because uh, President Pershing and I, he became a really great mentor and friend mm. to me. And we actually have a birthday on the same day. Oh. So every year on his birthday – we exchange like treats. Like I'll bring mm-hmm. him some cupcakes and he'll um, bring me like a book or like a Diet Coke or something like that. So um, that's funny that you say that because there is that level of professionalism mm-hmm. of of working the events but also developing really great friendships and mentorships with okay. different people. So. Very cool. All right. Uh, last few minutes. Let's talk about applying to medical school. Yes. Um, you know, when you – when you create your application, you send it off. How many med schools did you apply to? Um, I applied to about 10, okay. I would say. And how many interview offers did you get? Um, one legitimate interview offer. Another one was sort of a recruiter came to the university. Okay. And I got the opportunity to interview with them on that. So that is viewed as an illegitimate offer? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was. It's not exactly like it was wasn't a formal up- interview. Okay. But I had the opportunity to meet with right, somebody right. at that school. Okay. Get my name out there and talk to them about their school. Okay. So. All right. So got interviewed here. Yes. What did you do the night before? How did you prepare? How did you get yourself ready for this? So the night before, um, I I went to the 7-Eleven about mm-hmm. 10 o'clock, got myself a water bottle, got myself some lifesavers for the day, packed my bag, picked out an outfit to wear, and then is Seven Eleven? Does that hold special significance for you, or is that like is that your is that your Walden Pond? I think so. Okay, I I live downtown. Oh, there are I lots of Seven Elevens. Okay, okay. I like I the Seven Eleven is just okay. sort of like a convenient place to okay. go get a Slurpee. Good thing I love there. Slurpees. Yes. I love okay. Diet Coke. Right. Like it's a good place. All right. Yeah, and so I went there, and then I picked out sort of the outfit that I was going to wear. And mm-hmm. I would like to say to anybody who's going to interview, I know this is so stupid, but pick an outfit that you feel comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Pick an outfit that you feel confident about how you look and and feel like an outfit that you can take on the world in. Because mm-hmm. I had friends who went out the night before, got a pantsuit, and they had never worn pantsuits. And they just said they felt so uncomfortable. Yeah, pantsuits seem to be, uh, for women, kind of, Kind of that seems to be the thing people it's the go to. Right. In my years of doing this, I think I remember one or two women who applied who were wearing full on dresses, but the vast majority of people are wearing pantsuits. Yes. So, and I don't think this gets communicated somehow, but this is just where the culture is right now. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a big part was the Hillary Clinton pantsuit nation. Okay. That could be it. Um but I I wore 
a pencil skirt and a like a tailored sweater and a scarf. Okay. And that was sort of what worked for professional. me. Professional. So be professional, but pick something that you feel confident in. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to be a pantsuit person. Did you review your application the night before? Yes. Okay. I reviewed my application the night before, uh, read through it, sort of thought of things that I um, wanted to talk about. One of the highlights. I think yeah. the most valuable thing is not necessarily just talking about what you did. Because they know that you've done a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. But talk about what you learned mm-hmm. and the valuable experiences you had. Because a lot of times, like um, experiences like student government, you wouldn't necessarily think, oh, that's prepared me to be a doctor. But being able to reflect and go, okay, I learned how to connect with people. I learned how to public speak. I learned about diversity. And I learned about conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. And so be thinking about, through your experiences, what really... Like what you really learned and what you gained from that experience, not what you did, but what you learned. And I feel like that was incredibly valuable to my interview time. Excellent. Excellent. So you got in. Yes. And how has your life changed since then? What's, what's, what have you been doing? And what are you up to? <laughs> well, I, I can sleep better at okay. night. Right. And I'm really, um, I'm really happy and really excited about joining med- uh, going to medical school this fall. Um, I did an, a master's of public health in my gap year between undergrad and mm-hmm. starting medical school. So I'm finishing up a couple classes there. I'm doing an internship for my master's at the Utah Birth Defect Network. Mm, talk which more is, about that. What is so that? So the Utah Birth Defect Network is this incredible organization. They collect data for all birth defects in Utah, but they also have an education component. So they have health educators that go out into the community and educate women about preventing birth defects or for women who do have a baby that's born with a birth defect, connecting them to resources, connecting them to places where they can get help. Or maybe other mothers or families exactly. who have a kid with a similar condition yes. just so they know they're not alone. Family groups, things yeah. like that. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. exactly what they do. So that's been really exciting to be able to get a different a public health perspective on medicine. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, um, I remember as a pre-med, as a bioengineer, I was sort of in the aspect of like what goes on in the hospital as medicine. And doing public health, I learned that the community is medicine, being able to keep a healthy community, using preventive medicine, getting mm-hmm. people uh, getting people to work out, getting people to eat healthy, things like that are really a key component in medicine as well. It's not just what goes on in the hospital. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Madison, I'm glad you came in. We'll have to have you come back after med school starts sure. to get you kind of perspective of, you know, because people have an image of what med school is like. Yes. And then you actually start med school and that will probably shift. And I just love oh, yes. talking about that change. And But yeah, it sounds like you're, you've had a lot of cool experiences. And uh, now I know a little bit more about Chi Omega. Yes. Student government and also being a presidential ambassador. Yes. So it's, this is all great stuff. It's excellent. Yeah. I feel very fortunate to have all those experiences. I think they'll really help me be a better medical student and be a better doctor someday. Awesome. So, well, thanks, Madison. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.